We are in a series right now called Fear Not, and uh, we've been talking about these different people who were visited by angels uh, at various times, and, uh, and I, I joke that angels go to angel class, and angel 101 is when you see a human, the first thing you say is fear not. Uh, we're going to actually see um, Mary get visited by an angel and Gabriel like blows his first line. So uh, who, who knows? He's probably in big trouble. Um, but we've been talking about this idea of, of what is it that, you, that you're fearing? And Christmas can be a time when your, um, your fears really come, come to the forefront. You know, maybe you're confronted with somebody's health issues and you're worried about that or you're worried about your finances. Or you're worried about... Um, uh, uh, d- different things. And, and na- nowadays, with the way the climate of our, uh, of our country and our world, there's a lot to be worried about. And uh, last week, we did a great thing. At, at, after communion, we had a little piece of paper, and it just says, God, I give you my fear of, and we wrote that down. And, um, and so we collected all those. And uh, it was very, it was fascinating that uh, the top two fears, after looking at all those cards, are, have to do with relationships and have to do with the fear of inadequacy, which I thought was interesting. So we're going to end up uh, taking that information and we're going to have a series next, uh, the beginning of next year that talks about uh, those two things because it's obviously a, a, an issue. Um, but we, we're, there's lots of things you can be fearful of. Now, what we're going to look at this morning is... Very, very famous section of scripture. If you've been on this planet for longer than six years, you know this story. It's not, this story isn't going to be new, but it's going to be about your life being interrupted. I cannot stand being interrupted. Like if I'm focused on something, I am focused on it. And so I'll give you a good example. Uh, I... Some of you might know, I happen to be a tiny fan of football. Um, I just, uh, I I like football. And I really love the Super Bowl. I look forward to it all year long. And I can't, I honestly have like a little bit of depression when the Super Bowl is over. And so uh, one year we invited my family over to watch the Super Bowl. And so I thought this would be great. I could watch the Super Bowl. My family will be there, my dad and my nephews and all this kind of stuff. And so I'm, I'm watching the Super Bowl, and they're not into football at all. So while I'm watching the game, because that's what you're supposed to do is watch the game, uh, they're asking questions. They're like, uh, yeah, well, so which team's going to win? You know, all, all this stuff. And I, I kept pausing the, the TV like, okay, get all your questions out now. Okay, and then we'll, we'll get going. And so last year we had a rule in my house. If the Super Bowl is on, you cannot talk to me. And I think I remember last year, who won that? Oh, yeah, the New England Patriots. Exactly who I said was going to win from this pulpit on that day. Anyway. So, so you get interrupted, and you, you probably have your thing. You probably have a show you, you like to watch. You know, you're watching Downton Abbey, and it's like, you know, the kids are going crazy, and you're like, I just want to watch Downton Abbey, or what, what have you, or you could be uh, in a conversation, or you could be working on something, or, you know, drafting a letter, or working on a project. If, if you're working on a project, sometimes people don't like to be interrupted because they're trying to concentrate, and that's great, and we all, we all hate to be interrupted, but what happens when it's worse than that? It's not just interrupting the Super Bowl. That's kind of silly. I mean, who, who, what value does the Super Bowl really have? 
It's not a project. What happens when your life gets interrupted? What happens when you get the interruption of a new boss? <laughs> and you used to love your job. You loved going to work. You looked forward to going to work. And then your favorite manager, she leaves to go to a better place. And then you get, you get somebody else. And now, now, your, now work doesn't feel the same. What happens when you, you have this plan for retirement? You, you, you save up all your money. You've done everything right. You save it up. You're going to go uh, buy a house in Palm Springs. And you're going to leave. And you're going to go jet-setting around the world. And finally you get to travel. And finally you get this and that. And then uh, like two of your kids move back in the house. And now, now your, your life, it's, it's, a, it's a huge interruption. What happens when there's a death in the family that you weren't expecting? And there's that interruption. What do, what do you do? When life gets interrupted, how, how do you respond to that? How do you look at it? Well, what I wanted to do this morning was hopefully by the time you leave, uh, get your brain to think a little bit different about being interrupted. A couple years ago when um, I was just in a very busy time of uh, work, I found myself... Um, always feeling interrupted because I was working so much. And I remember my kids would come and they'd talk to me and I, the first feeling I had was, I don't have time for this. And I remember thinking to myself, man, if I don't have time for my kids, there's something wrong. And so I had this little practice I would do because I was always, always had my laptop open. And I would just, whenever a kid would come and talk to me, I'd just close the laptop so that it was... It was down, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be um, distracted by it. Well, I'm hoping that at the end of today, when you get interrupted, because you will be, small things, medium things, and big things this week, you'll be able to have that mental image of going, okay, Lord, what do you have to say to me? So, um, we're in a very famous section of scripture in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Just to recap, um, Last week, we talked about Zechariah, who was visited by an angel in the temple, which must have been the freakiest thing ever. And, uh, and the, Gabriel did his job and said, do not be afraid. And, and he said to Zechariah, you're going to have a kid. And Zechariah and Elizabeth were very, very old. And all Zechariah said was, how's that going to happen? And then the angel said, you're not going to be able to speak until the kid's born. So that's where Zechariah is. We're six months into uh, Elizabeth's pregnancy, and uh, Zacharias still can't talk. Uh, and I bring this up because you're going to see how sexist the Bible can be. Okay, I'll explain that in a bit. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, Nazareth, in a town, uh, Galilee, in a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. I love the Bible. Uh, because it gets so descriptive oftentimes. Like, look, look, look at the different things that uh, the writer Luke puts in here. The angel's name is Gabriel. The town they're in is Nazareth. It's a town in Galilee. It's to a virgin pledged to be married or betrothed to be married. To a guy named Joseph, a descendant of David. All these little facts that just help you when you read the Bible to paint a picture. That's what I like to do when I read the Bible. I like to paint a picture in my mind. So the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. 
The Lord is with you. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Don't you wish Mary wrote a book that just said how I became favored by God? <laughs> you know, like the 10 things. It'd be on the New York Times bestseller list, you know. Uh, and and, and uh, how, how, how was she highly favored? What? We're going to see in a little bit exactly how that happened. But if you don't get anything else from the sermon this morning, I want you to know two things. One, you are highly favored by God. And two, and almost more importantly, the Lord is with you. And when those interruptions come, and they will come, and they'll come in all shapes and sizes, to be able to know God is with me during this interruption. Now there are some interruptions we, we bring on ourselves. <laughs> maybe a pregnancy we weren't expecting. Maybe a decision we made. Maybe we got into a car we probably shouldn't have gotten into. We went to a party we weren't supposed to go to. We went to a thing. We made an investment we weren't supposed to go to. Even in those interruptions that we cause ourselves, the Lord is with you. And so that's what she, he says to, to Mary. So he didn't, he didn't start off with do not be afraid. So he... He loses some angel points. Um, I'm sure God, when he went back up to heaven, was like, dude, it's really simple. Do not be afraid. Just start with that. He didn't. The Lord is with you. Now watch what happens. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. This idea of greatly troubled, the original language uh, that it was written in, means wholly disturbed wholly disturbed. Have you ever had an interruption in your life that was just rocked you? Just news that was like, and, and you have that sense of just being wholly disturbed. Maybe you lost a job that you thought you were going to have. Maybe you found out that one of your kids was going to be struggling physically. Maybe you found out that a relationship that you really, really loved was going to go away, whether through divorce or through separation, or if you're dating, that famous line, it's not you, it's me, <laughs> that, that whole thing, where you're just wholly disturbed. And she wondered what kind of greeting this would be. Again, not to get super fancy, but in that original language, that, that word wondered is where we get the word dialogue. She started dialoguing with herself, internal dialogue. Have you ever done that before? I do it constantly. Some healthy ways and some unhealthy ways. My unhealthy ways are when I'm having conversations with people who aren't in the room. And, I'm, I'm, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I, I know what they're going to say, so then I come back with what I'm going to say. And you ever done that? Yeah, no, I'm the only one? Great. All right, well, I'm out of a job. Okay. Uh, but that, that dialogue, like, like, what? Why would I be chosen by God? What, what could this mean? How is my life going to change? Now, you have to understand where Mary's at right now. She's betrothed to be married. And, and it's different for you and I. If, 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 if we were engaged... Um, you could call off the engagement, or I could call off the, the engagement. Uh, you know, we could just say, hey, it's not going to work out, and I don't want to marry you. But in this day, the, the, the wedding was set up through the parents. Like, money exchanged hands. Like, this was, this was ready. So she's just ready to get married to Joseph. There, she, it wasn't her idea. It wasn't anything. She's betrothed to be married. She's already, I mean, she's making wedding plans and doing all sorts of stuff. I mean, she's already, like... 
you know, registered at Bed Bath & Beyond. It's like, they're, they're in, she's arguing with her mom about, you know, who gets to go to the wedding and who, who doesn't. I mean, uh, and, and her mom, being Jewish, says, uh, what are you, a wedding planner now? Okay, anyway, sorry, that was a terrible joke. That was really, really horrible. I apologize. But this is what's happening to her. And this is what happens with all our interruptions. We begin to think, how, how is this going to change my life? How is this going to, how am I going to get through this sometimes, we think. The Lord is with you. And if we could get to where these interruptions, we see them as invitations to participate in what God would have us do. Can you imagine this week, how your week would go if you saw every interruption as an invitation of your heavenly father. Even the interruptions that are annoying. Even the ones that, that, that you, you would say, well, certainly this can't be God. What if, what if even those interruptions, you saw them as invitations to put down your laptop or to do whatever you want to do and go, Lord, speak. speak. I'm listening. So Mary's greatly troubled uh, and she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And so the angel finally remembers, oh, that's right, said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. <laughs> you have found favor with God. And he goes into basically what's going to happen. And uh, again, when I read the Bible, especially when I'm preparing for a sermon, I try as best I can, even when I've read a, a section over and over and over again, to try to read it with fresh eyes. And sometimes that's harder than others, especially when you know the story. We know this story. He says, do not be afraid. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. Watch this. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary was troubled she was wholly disturbed. She wondered how this was going to take place. And the angel gives her all this information. Did you know you can be highly favored and greatly troubled at the same time? See, some theology uh, comes across as though uh, when your life is going great, that means God is showing his favor. And when your life is going bad, that means he's showing his disfavor. But you can be highly favored and greatly troubled at the same time, and God can still use you. You can have doubts. You can be mulling over things in your mind about your faith and, and how everything's going to work out and all this kind of stuff. You can be highly favored and greatly troubled. Maybe you don't know what your future is going to be. Maybe you're single and you, you, you want a mate. Maybe you, 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 you have a pain in your back and you, you're wondering what, it's, what the doctor's going to say about it and all, all these different things. You can be highly favored and greatly troubled. These interruptions are invitations to take a step closer, to lean in to your heavenly father. And so the angel gives Mary all this information. And here's what Mary says. How can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Now, this question bothers me for a bunch of reasons. Uh, number one, this is about the same question Zechariah asked, 
And I guess because it was a man, he wasn't allowed to talk for nine months. And Mary asked a question. He's like, oh, don't worry, honey. I'll tell you all about it. Like, it's the same angel. It's Gabriel. And they do the same thing. This is why I, I am telling you, it's just not fair. That's number one. That's the first problem I have with this. The second thing I, I, I struggle with is Mary already had the solution to how this was going to happen. She was betrothed to Joseph, and Joseph was a descendant of David. So the question, if I were Mary, I would have asked was, oh, when is this going to happen? In my second year of marriage, my third year of marriage, like, when is this going to happen? But she goes straight to like, well, how, how is that going to happen? I'm a virgin. There's something about what this angel is saying that in the back of her mind goes, this is bigger than just what he's saying. There's something special about this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if in your next interruption, you had the capacity to trust your heavenly father enough to go, wow, I wonder how this is, I wonder what he's going to do to turn this around. So rather than dialoguing with yourself, rather than freaking out and wondering how we're going to do this and what are we going to do here, what, what if you were able to just close the laptop, lean into your Heavenly Father and go, wow, how can this be? What's going what's to happen? I can't wait to see you move. I can't wait to see how you're going to work this out. Have you have things in your life uh, that you, and I'm sure you have because I, I, I think we all have, where you look back, you, think, you were thinking at the time, there's no way out of this. There's no way out. There's no way this is going to turn around for the good. It's impossible. And you think back and you think, wow, that actually turned out. Oftentimes it turns out so well or it turns out uh, to, to, to not be as bad as it is uh, uh, that you forget that you were even worrying about it in the first place. I read a statistic that said... Uh, of the things that you worry about never happen. And so my conclusion is, ah, worry's really effective. (laughs) No, that was a joke. Uh, And so so we have these things that we've gone through in our lives where we think, man, how is this going to turn out? When I I, I told you the story three or four weeks ago when I totaled our minivan. And I looked at it on the freeway. It was like, because I hit somebody and then I got hit and... My minivan became like a subcompact. Uh, and I'm thinking, man, I don't, have, I don't have money for a new car. Like, how is this going to turn out? I, I'm driving a 94 Toyota Corolla, so it didn't turn out well. Uh, <laughs> but I still don't know how it's going to turn out. I, I, I still don't know. But I, here's the thing. Watch what happens. She says, how can this be? Mary asked. I'm still a virgin. And then instead of saying, well, you're not going to be able to talk for nine months, he answers the question. The Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. God is going to move. God is going to turn this around. And for those of you who are out uh, out there and you um, are going through something and you're thinking to yourself, how is this going to work out? The Lord is with you. And he will turn all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So, again, the Gabriel goes after the guy, leaves the girl alone. 
And he goes on and he says, gives her this confirmation. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a, a child in her old age. Now, if you remember from last week, uh, Elizabeth was in seclusion for five months. She, she was kind of hiding out because uh, for, uh, I don't know why, it doesn't, the Bible doesn't say, but I can only surmise that uh, when you've tried to have children for as long as they did, uh, you just don't like getting your hopes up anymore. And so she was in seclusion. And so this is the sign Gabriel gives to Mary um, that, she, that um, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. No word from God will ever fail, he says. No word from God will ever fail. That means in the midst of your interruptions, no matter what they are, we can go to the word of God and we can say, what does the word of God have to say about this? So if you feel abandoned, the word of God says he will never leave you or forsake you. If, if, you, if you are worried about your finances. You're worried about, man, this next year is going to be really tight. You can go to the word of God and it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. No word of the Lord will ever fail. Now, can you imagine at your next interruption, you saw it as an invitation to trusting God. You saw it as an invitation to lean into him, to press into him and to go, Lord, I have no idea how this is going to happen. But one thing I do know, I trust you. And although it's interrupting my life, because Mary had, she had everything all planned out. Her life was fine. She'd already had her husband. She already had her family. She already had all these things. She, it, it, she, was, she had it planned out. And as with every other interruption that we've ever had in our life, God can be in the midst of it to redirect. And so this is what happens. And then Mary gives a hint into why she was highly favored, I believe. Remember we said what, what you know, if only we knew what she would do, we'd do that. Here's how we know. She says, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> like if he was just like, I'm just going to go out the front door. Or did he like zip up through the ceiling? Or like, how do angels just leave? Like, was it awkward? I don't know. I just love trying to paint the Bible in my, in my mind. This idea, I am the Lord's servant. I started thinking to myself. And thinking about the different interruptions that happened in my life. And what would happen if when I get the news of something or uh, something doesn't go the way I planned, my f initial response is, I am the Lord's servant. My identity is found in Christ. It's not found in how my circumstances work out. And that if every interruption becomes an invitation for me to engage with my Heavenly Father and to say, I am the Lord's servant. How much different would these interruptions be in your life? You'd almost get to a place where they become exciting. Because you know that the way you're planning your life going, and you just know it's not going to work out that way. <laughs> like you go, you do your best. 
You save and you work hard and you do all that. But basically, if you come with the perspective that God is in control, that he is with you, that he'll never leave you, and that every interruption is actually an invitation to engage with him, then you will be excited about some of these interruptions. Now, I'm not saying that these, there are very painful, painful things that happen. I'm not saying to just dismiss that grief. Grieve. Have your dialogue, your internal dialogue. But at the end of the day, our response should be, I'm your servant. I'm your servant. You get a pink slip at your desk this week. I am your servant. You total your wife's minivan on the freeway. I am your bad driving servant. <laughs> right? These things that happen. You get the news. Okay, Lord, I'm your servant. What do you, what do you want to do with this? What do you want me to do? And so... Uh, that's what she says, and the angel left her. And then she, uh, a few verses later, we see that um, Mary decides to pack up and to go visit Elizabeth, okay? Because Mary doesn't know that Elizabeth is pregnant. Elizabeth is in seclusion. I don't know how far away Elizabeth lived or whatever, but it says Mary leaves and she goes and visits Elizabeth. And here's what it, it, the Bible says that when Mary entered the room, the baby leapt in Elizabeth's womb. That there was this sense of just a spirit-filled encounter. You know, I mean, can you imagine that? I don't know if the baby actually leapt or it was just like a kick to the spleen or like how it all worked. You know, I don't, I've never been pregnant. But, um, but there's, this, there's this physical reaction because in Elizabeth's womb is John the Baptist. And Mary's going to give birth to Jesus. I love, I love that song that um, Audra was singing. Like, did you know? I mean, can you imagine you're holding Jesus as a baby? And it's, it's like God in the flesh. Doesn't that blow your mind? It blows my mind. And I love that line. When you kiss that little baby, you kiss the face of God. Like, wow, God, clean up your room. Like, I mean, how do you even, how do you like raise God, right? I mean, like, like did he ever, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it's just mind-blowing to me. Uh, I, you might need to find another pastor. I get, too, uh, I get too freaked out over this stuff. But she comes and God leaps in, in Elizabeth's womb. And Elizabeth says this, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Now, what's very fascinating about this is Elizabeth could be talking about Elizabeth. All that time she was praying and trying to have kids and believing and believing and believing. Maybe. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. It just says that she was, oh, but she's just got this sense. And, but this is, this is the word of God for us as well. I mean, it's written she, but it could be they. Blessed are they who have believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises. That when you get interrupted, when there's something that happens in life that is about to throw you off the rails, the Lord is with you. And blessed are you when you can keep that in the back of your mind and go, okay, I'm going to get through this with God. I'm, I'm going to see this interruption as an invitation to be with him in a way that maybe I wouldn't have been able to experience otherwise. 
unless this, invita- uh, this uh, interruption came. So Mary says this, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, from this point on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. I underline that from now on because I love the thought. If we do truly view every interruption as an invitation, that there will be certain points in your life that will change the dynamic of your relationship with your heavenly father. That from this point on, things are going to be different. Do not be afraid of from now on. As you enter into these different interruptions that are truly invitations from God, and you just say, okay, we weren't expecting to have a kid, and now we do. From now on, from this point forward, It's going to be a little different, and that's okay. God can adapt to that. You lose a job. Okay, from now on, things are going to be a little different, but I'm still with my Heavenly Father who never fails me, who never leaves me, who is inviting me now through this invitation, through this interruption to press in to Him. And maybe my relationship with Him will be a little different. A lot of you, myself included, have experienced this when we go through really bad news. There's that initial bad news, and then you have that time of grief, and you think, man, you start going through the loss, maybe. You start thinking, and then you just get to this place like, okay, Lord, from now on, here we go. That's what Mary says. All generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. And then I I wrote it out this way. I took the the verse and just kind of wrote it out to see what Mary did. To move forward, Mary looked backward. To, to, To move forward and to be able to say, okay, I'm your servant. From now on, here we go. She had to look backwards to see how faithful God has been. This is such an important habit to get into. That when something comes that's an interruption, when something comes that's, that's different, that you're not expecting, to be able to look back and go, you know what? God was faithful at this point. God was faithful at this point. God was faithful at this point. God was faithful at that point. And by the time you get done and you're on point number 12, it's, it would be ridiculous to come to any other conclusion that God's not going to be faithful in this situation. Here's what she says. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones. He's lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things. But has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. He, she looks back and she goes, This faithful God who has been faithful over and over and over and over and over again will be faithful in this invitation. And maybe for some of us that are going through something right now, an interruption we weren't expecting, a really good exercise would be to go home and to get out a piece of paper 
and write down all the times God was faithful. And when you get done with that sheet, or maybe even a, a sheet of thanks, thank you for my health, thank you for this, thank you for this, thank you for my job, thank you for my kids, thank you for whatever, and you get all done. And then you take out another piece of paper and you write out your, what your interruption is, and you put them next to each other. And you go, can this God help me with this thing? The answer is yes. The Lord is with you. And these interruptions become invitations. So Mary stays with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. I don't know when Mary like actually became pregnant. If it was like when the angel left or how that all works out. But, but if it was that, if that was the case, if she got pregnant like right away, she would be showing now. She's, that's three months. You can even hear the angels singing. She stays with her for about three months. You know what's cool? So if you take the Bible uh, for what it says, which is what I do. Um, so Mary, uh, Elizabeth was pregnant for six months and then Mary stays three months. Mary was there most likely when John the Baptist was born. Can you imagine that? Like John the Baptist, a little baby. Isn't that incredible? So she watches John the Baptist born, and then she's pregnant with Jesus. What a family. That must be a... I don't know what, what uh, Christmas time was like at their house. Well, it's basically Jesus' birthday party. But, uh, <laughs> man, to have both of those dudes running around is pretty awesome. Listen, I'm going to end with this. Uh, for those of you who are going through um, some stuff right now, interruptions that is easy for me to stand up here and say, oh, just look at it as an invitation. They both start with I. Isn't that awesome? Um, for those of you who are going through these things, I, there's a verse that uh, Second Peter, that Peter wrote as his second uh, letter. And... Uh, and it's really talking about salvation, uh, about just kind of the Lord's return. But if you take the whole Bible, this theology of God's timing is all through it. And here's what he says, and you might want to write this down or snap a picture of it when, when it shows up behind or just get the, get the verse down. But if you've been waiting and waiting for this interruption to fix itself or to... Maybe it's just been going longer than you thought. Second Peter says this. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. I can tell you this. God is almost never as fast as I want him to be. <laughs> Ever. Like, I want, I want stuff now. But when I look back and I see the length of time he took, I can almost always see the wisdom. And that was really good. I'm so glad I didn't get that when I wanted it because I would have wasted it. And the Lord is not slow. Instead, he's patient, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. As Ajua comes back up. This whole thing we call life. 
is really just a journey with our Heavenly Father. It's really just a journey of ups and downs and, and, and transitions and things like that. To, uh, invitations to be able to approach our Heavenly Father and say, Lord, right now I do not know what's going on. I don't know why I'm going through this interruption. I don't know, uh, but, but here's, here's the thing. I know I am your servant and I want to get through this as close to you as I possibly can. Imagine, imagine this week if that's how you viewed your interruptions. If you did like Mary did and just said, okay, I don't know why, I don't know how, but here I am and use me. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we uh, are thankful for your faithfulness. We're thankful that we can look at a story like Mary and see that just average people in life going along, can be used by you in great ways. And Lord, that is our prayer. We're just average people going through life that want to be used by you, that want to change the world around us. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that as we go into this week, as we go into these different situations that are inevitably going to come up, that we would view these interruptions as invitations and that we would say, here I am, I am your servant. May it be as you wish. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.